0: Hey now, we are Getting Over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through these hard times as we welcome you to the 2023 Getting Over Awards, also known as the Meaties. That's right, Getting Over is back for the fourth edition of our annual award show as we honor the best and brightest as well as the worst and dimmest in professional wrestling over the last calendar year. We will be handing out 23 awards over the course of this special with nominees spanning WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Stardom, and beyond. But as we said, only 23 will be lucky or unlucky enough to come away with meaties, Those award winners will have earned the majority of votes from myself, the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, Vintage, Chris Vanini, and you, our listeners, the Getting Overheads. All of this as we put a bow on what was yet another wild year in professional wrestling. Though, through just a couple days in 2024, this year is certainly trying to give 2023 and 2022 a run for their money. Of course, this is our second of two 2023 recap episodes. We already published our 2023 year in review episode last week, and it has been a smash hit. So if you have not lent your ear holes to that performance enhancing audio just yet, be sure to find it in our podcast feed. It would not be an episode of the Getting Over Wrestling podcast if I did not remind you to follow us on Twitter at Getting. Overcast, which is not only how we sourced nominees and ballot votes for these Getting Over awards, it is also where you can get episode drops, news, analysis, highlights, sending questions and comments, and so much more. All of that on Twitter, at Getting Overcast. It is also where you can help turn the tables a bit and assist us getting over in winning an award of our own. That's right, we are up for best wrestling podcast as part of the Sports podcast awards. You can find the ballot pinned at the top of our Twitter profile at getting overcast. And given it's a fan vote, we would love your support and help in achieving this honor. You know, Chris, the 2022 getting over awards, AKA the meaties were really the first complete set of honorifics in that it was the first time we got an entire year of wrestling with major events and fans under our belts since the start of this show. This is our fourth annual award, but it feels like the second edition where we have the entirety of the professional wrestling world to look at. Many of last year's awards were unanimous. This year, more than half of them were unanimous. However, those that were not were much closer than ever before. And I will say this off the top, there are some surprise winners. When you went over the ballot and sent in
1: your votes this year, Chris, did you find it as difficult as I did? I found a lot of these to be very difficult in that I either didn't feel very strongly about any of the options mm-hmm. or I felt very strongly about multiple options. And so it was like, man, how can I pick between these two? Or I, I can't really pick. I don't really feel strongly about picking any of these. So it felt like the toughest ballot we have had. I agree with that
0: completely. Again, it was either obvious or it was, how do I choose? Or it was, I can't really differentiate that much between a couple of these. And I'm not sure exactly why that was the reason exactly. You know, like usually standouts are standouts. And there are certain categories where we're going to give you the winner and you're going to roll your eyes, obviously, of course, it's that person. And then there's others where you may say, hey, I wonder how that transpired. And we will break that down for you on the show. We'll let you know how the votes fell, who kind of got what points, and especially in situations where I perhaps did not vote for the winner or Chris did not vote for the winner. We'll go ahead and break all of that down. But what I would say is there's no reason to waste any more time. Again, do not forget to listen to our 2023 year in review episode if you have not already. But folks, as your master of ceremonies, As your host of the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast, allow me to officially and formally welcome you into the 2023 Getting Over Awards, AKA
1: The Meaties.
0: Mike Check 1-2, thrilled to be here tonight as your host for the meaties as the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast welcomes you to a truly one-of-a-kind award show extravaganza. Special thanks to Timeless Tony Storm for her support with our opening as we begin our presentation of 23 awards as voted on by our listeners, the Getting Overheads, along with myself, the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, and of course, vintage Chris Vanini. We begin tonight by honoring those who, like us, but let's be honest, much better than us, provide their voices to the industry. Allow us to open up the 2023 Getting Over Awards by presenting the meaty to Broadcaster of the Year. Your final nominees include Wade Barrett of WWE, Renee Paquette of AEW, Vic Joseph, of WWE's NXT brand, and Michael Cole of WWE, and your 2023 Broadcaster of the Year is...
2: Down on the one day. Me, then I'm not. up I... from the top row, back leg and all. 450! Oh! 450 for the championship! Oh my goodness! Ricochet! The non-stop's off the ladder!
0: <laughs> That's right. Michael Cole is your media award winner for Broadcaster of the Year. Cole coming in, winning back-to-back awards. He captured it in 2022. This is now his 27th year in WWE. And despite his longevity and lack of competition in prior years, he was not the winner in our first two iterations of this award show. But Chris, Michael Cole, the broadcaster of the year, myself and the listeners both voted him first place. You voted Wade Barrett. For me, Cole was incomparable this year. I don't think anyone stood up to what he did on the mic from those incredible moments at WrestleMania 39 to some of those other huge moments that you heard on that mix of a clip right there. Cole just stood on his own in this industry and he has absolutely continued to thrive with Vince McMahon out of his ear and Paul Levesque either in his ear or not so much in his ear during broadcast. It is Michael Cole, your broadcaster of the year. Chris, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he's been on a remarkable run for a couple of years now, dating back to when Pat McAfee joined him. That really kind of rejuvenated him, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you have the the change where Triple H takes over and he's, and he's, you know, got more control. And he's been great for several years now. I voted him second. I went with Wade Barrett at number one, um, partly because, you know, Cole had kind of gotten his flowers and Wade Barrett really slid into that number one color role this year and i Mm -hmm. thought did a really good job i think him and cole uh, are a really good team he's added plenty of drops to this show as well He's made his mark so i went with wade barrett with cole second it was close but either way that's a heck of a one-two punch of a team wwe has right now
0: it is i mean as far as i'm concerned it's the best play-by-play man and color man together on the same team and now they're on raw which for my money was one of the best shows or, or the best television show i should say of 2023, but Cole extremely well deserving of this honor. As I said, going back to back, and he has just made the WWE broadcast so much better over the last two years. One other reason I'll I'll just argue against your pick for Wade Barrett first is Michael Cole is on every premium live event. Wade Barrett is not, you know, Cole's there with Corey Graves. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those moments that you just heard were Cole with Graves. Barrett nowhere to be seen. So that's why Cole was my broadcaster of the year, but I totally understand why you voted Barrett in first place. You did have Michael Cole in second. Let's go ahead and move to our second award. This is actually an adjusted award. It used to be called Manager of the Year. We decided that there is so much talent that goes uncredited around the ringside area, be it ring announcers, be it seconds and valets, managers, whatever the case, uh, authority figures, we wanted to group them all together and ensure they all got an opportunity for praise in 2023 and beyond. Therefore, Manager of the Year is now Ringside Talent of the Year. And your finalists, all unanimously voted, are Adam Pearce, the WWE General Manager, now the Raw General Manager, Paul Heyman, the wise man for the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, and Samantha Irvin, who ended the year as the ring announcer of Raw, started it as the ring announcer of SmackDown. And your winner for Ringside Talent of the Year is...
2: Here are your winners, the team of Sonya Deville and Shelf
0: Almost no surprise here. Friend of the show, Samantha Irvin is your ringside talent of the year. Chris, you and I both voted her first place here. The listeners getting overheads voted her second place. They lean towards Paul Heyman. But for me, when you talk about enhancing the presentation of a wrestling product, both in terms of in arena and certainly for the viewer at home, Samantha Irvin has done such an incredible job. I know this is a Take that is gonna bother people because they love Tony Chimmel and they love this ring announcer or that ring announcer. For my money, she is number two all time to Howard Finkel. What she does is so freaking unique. She enhances the talent as they come to the ring, she enhances the way you feel when there's a title change or a big victory or a monumental defeat at the end of a match. Samantha Irvin absolutely shine throughout the entire year of 2023 and she deserves this meaty.
1: Yep. She got my vote as well. As you said, I mean, when's the last time like people talked about a ring announcer that much, you know, exactly. like she, she really much carved out a space and a name and a job that it's kind of hard to do that. Uh, I, I would put her among the greatest of all time behind Finkel for sure. Mm-hmm. Not sure about uh, Tony Chimmel, but there are, very few who years later, you remember their name, you know, and, and Samantha Irvin is going to be one and hopefully is, remains with WWE for a long time. She, the Chelsea Green, the Ludwig, the Ludwig Kaiser, mm-hmm. like she's just she's added little bits here and there. She hits the deep notes. She hits the high notes. Total package. Well deserving of this award. A- and she's so- surpri- I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the listeners went
0: with Paul Hammond. I am, too. Now, he is the back to back unanimous manager of the year winner. So maybe they looked at it from the perspective of Heyman is just so freaking great that we have to give him his flowers. But that's also one of the reasons why I wanted to change this award, because he just would have swept it every single year. Like it would always be Heyman. Mm -hmm. And look, credit to like Prince Nana and some of the other people who were nominees, but not finalists. But Heyman's great as manager. You have to kind of broaden it a little bit. And that's why I'm glad we did it. And I'm glad both Samantha Irvin, by the way, Adam Pierce tied Paul Heyman for second place. In the voting. So, all three of them getting their flowers to a degree. Samantha certainly deserving of hers. You made a great point, though, before we move on. How often do people actually talk about a ring announcer? Not only that, at the end of the year, she stopped doing the Chelsea Green announce, right? It, one show. And it blew up as a controversy on the internet. Since when do people get angry over ring announcing? That's how much they like Samantha Irvin. So, Again, completely deserved, and I kind of wish I went back. And when I announced this award, I tried to do it like in her style, but I don't want to try to uh, probably, encroach.
1: Probably for the best. Probably no, for al- the best that I <laughs> didn't do it. <laughs> also, we mentioned him briefly, but yes, Adam Pierce. If if not for Adam Pierce, to me, uh, sorry, if not for Samantha Irvin, Adam Pierce was a would have been the clear winner to me. He me too. Had, he he's been doing this for a couple of years now, but he's really just stood out. To hold this authority role for that long and us not to get annoyed with them, sick of them, he continues to do a fantastic down the middle job in that role, gets uh, emotional when he needs to, plays off of a lot of different wrestlers well. Adam Pearce, another fantastic year from him as well. It's
0: a great point because we did have a conversation about like, okay, ringside talent, but should we include ring announcers? right? And if we didn't, my second place vote was Pierce. Yours was as well. He deserves his flowers. He's been incredible in his role as the authority figure in WWE. Like you said, someone who's even keel. He's not meant to be a baby face. He's not meant to be a heel. He's just doing his job. And that works so well in 2023, as it did in years prior. Let's move to our third award of these meaties, Smack Talker of the Year. Your finalists, Becky Lynch of WWE, L.A. Knight of WWE, MJF of AEW, and Christian Cage of AEW. The meaty for Smack Talker of the Year goes to...
3: Hey, Roman. Uh, As far as where I'm looking, I'm the head of the table, so acknowledge me. You want to talk about my first contract signing. You want to talk about my first WWE Championship match. And you're right. Isn't that crazy? And you also say you're gonna go gentle on me. My God, that's sweet of you. And I hope you do. Because if right now you think that you're gonna underestimate this man because it's my first time around, my friend, you are already beat. But I'm gonna put it to you like this. Is this my first time? Hell yeah it is. So I'm sitting here, and I'm just thinking to myself, after only a single year, I'm sitting at the head of this table about to take your title, and it climbs so fast, you don't even know what hit you. And by the time we get to Crown Jewel, you're gonna be thinking to yourself, what the hell just happened? He just walked out with my WWE Championship. But see, you don't understand. Yeah, this is my first time, but I only need one time. Because while you failed over and over again, while you were busy doing suffering succotash, I've been out here run one telling everybody whose game this is. Not yet because there can be only one WWE Champion. Yeah, there can only be one me. Yeah, and guess what? It's coming up real soon, and there's nothing you can do about it, and that's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. I can't stop this gravy train. I can't stop the undeniable Kevorka, and I can't stop being the man they call the megastar with everybody saying LA Knight.
0: Your smack talker of the year, as you just heard, LA Knight. Yeah, indeed. Unanimous winner of the award. And deservingly so. MJF had won this back to back years 2021, 2022. Eddie Kingston, the year before that. So, this had been an AEW award for the history of these meaties, but LA Knight coming out on top. No shocker whatsoever. He was fantastic on the mic this year. This was the greatest example of his top tier mic work. A lot of times he would get a couple minutes here or there, but this segment with Roman Reigns. Him sitting at the head of the table and really almost put him over the top as the winner of this award, Chris, as far as I was concerned.
1: Yeah, he was somebody who every time he came out to the ring, people were on the edge of their seat and wanted to know what he was going to say. And when you're that guy, you're winning this award. Uh, Coming out to talk to Drew and Sheamus early in the year, talking to Logan Paul, talking to Roman, talking to Paul Heyman. Everybody he got in front of, you just couldn't wait to see what he said. I, I, I've i gone back and watched many an LA night promo segment uh, this year. Clear, uh, clear award winner for this one. Just again, an old school like style kind of promo. The guy who just kind of yells a lot. Mm-hmm. But in a world where nobody else really does it anymore, it stands out. And people want to say he talks like the rock and stone cold. Who cares, man? That's because it works. And it's unique in this generation. And everybody agrees with it. And everybody's saying LA night. Yeah! Becky Lynch, the only other unanimous
0: vote getter. She was third place across the board. Uh, you and I both had Christian Cage second. The listeners had MJF second. Understandable. For me, MJF, just when he made the face turn, almost all of those promos fell off for me. I just, I, I don't buy MJF the baby face the same way I do as him as a heel. Christian, exceptional work on the mic all year. As far as I was concerned, well deserving of second place, but it was an LA night in a runaway for me. All right, let's go ahead and move to our next award. It is pay-per-view or premium live event of the year. Our finalists, AEW All In, WWE Royal Rumble, WWE WrestleMania 39, and WWE Survivor Series. And the meaty. Goes to.
2: And this story does not end tonight. I know we're in Hollywood, but that does not mean we are guaranteed a happy
0: ending. There may not have been a happy ending, but WWE WrestleMania 39 is indeed the pay per view of the year. And this was again. And a unanimous vote across the board. You know, Chris, there was a lot to like about AEW All In and All Out. There was a big return at Survivor Series War Games, CM Punk coming back. Royal Rumble was a huge step up from a year ago where the Rumble disappointed massively. But WrestleMania 39, night one on its own. But then you add into it everything that happened on night two. For me, it was far and away. We talked at the start of the show about no doubter first place votes. This for me was one of those two five-star matches, uh, maybe three, depending on your tastes. And beyond that, just top-tier wrestling storytelling and really interesting stuff across the board. WrestleMania 39, your pay-per-view, in this case, premium live event of the year.
1: Yep, got my vote as well. Uh, When I was doing this, I went back through all the grades uh, that the listeners gave to each podcast like the instant reaction twitter polls yes night one of wrestlemania was over 92 percent a yeah. which we had never seen before easily the most all-time yeah easily the most all-time that that first night was as we've seen it's kind of a trend now the first night is incredible the second night is kind of focused on the main event but from top to bottom both nights Great stuff. I went back and there were matches I didn't even remember on the card, like Brock Lesnar, Omas, which mm-hmm. was like perfectly fine and fun. Uh, Charlotte um, Rhea was fantastic. Drew Seamus Gunther was another five star match. Even the the Cody Roman match, as much as we were all uh, disliking the ending, I went back and watched the match. It's incredible. It's a great match. It's a it's great, great, match. great match. Yeah. So like they, uh, if we flip that and Cody wins. We're, we might be having a conversation of that being the greatest wrestlemania of all time. So uh, to me it was a clear number 1. I think you can still
0: even make that argument. I mean that's how good it was. Again, you had the the Usos against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you had Charlotte Flair against Rhea Ripley. You know, you had Gunther, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. If you gave all of those five stars just in terms of like match quality, that's not even talking about like storytelling and all the other elements. Then you get the main event that you just mentioned and some of the other fun feature matches. We forget Everyone panned, oh, they're doing the WrestleMania showcase, these dumb matches just to get people on the card. That men's tag team match was insane. Like, it had no business being that good. That's, WrestleMania really stood out. Deserving winner last year, 2020, was WWE Clash at the Castle. In 2021, it was AEW Full Gear. But again, for 2023, WWE WrestleMania 39 stands out. And just for history's sake, I had War Games as my number two. Chris had All In, and the listeners had Royal Rumble. So it was complete across the board here. All Out, Revolution for AEW, also received votes, but only one each. Therefore, they did not count as part of the finalists. Let's go ahead and move to another new award. This used to be called Brand of the Year, but we've made a couple adjustments now. It is TV show of the year. Our four finalists, WWE SmackDown, NXT, which of course is a WWE brand, WWE Raw, and AEW Dynamite. The meaty for 2023 TV show of the year goes to I see in my head a melody buried deep into my soul. They call us crazy, we cut in the edge. Decided our stories are gonna be told. Break the rules, break the laws.
2: This is the moment we change it all. Yeah, greatness. Yeah, it feels like greatness. Legendary in the making. Reach out and we take it. Now to emerge, we on the verge, and it feels like greatness. Indeed,
0: WWE's Monday Night Raw is the TV show of the year. Third straight unanimous winner across the board here. For me, Chris, this was just unquestioned. At the beginning of the year, if you wanted to say SmackDown was the best show, that's fine. And both you and the listeners did have it as your second place vote. But once we got past WrestleMania, and especially once like Roman Reigns left for half the year, that show just fell apart and Raw took the mantle and took it in a major way. Because not only was it for me the best show of the year overall. A lot of the episodes that we got of Raw in the second half of 2023 were some of the best episodes of television that WWE has put together in years. It deserves a lot of credit. The roster deserves a lot of credit. Raw, your TV show of the year.
1: Yep, Uh, like you said, I would have done SmackDown earlier in the year, but post-WrestleMania, once Roman was no longer really on very much, uh, it became Raw For a lot of reasons, the roster became more stacked. The commentary team was better. The second half of this year, like especially in the fall and the winter, a three-hour Raw no longer feels like a chore. It's wild. And and it it did for like a decade-plus. Ever since they'd started it, it just always felt like a lot. But they've really just loaded up the roster. Everybody in this entire company is over, and it makes the show go a lot smoother. The storytelling is there even those episodes where like Cody's barely on and I'm like, where's Cody? Like, but it still doesn't make me dislike the show. So got a little bit repetitive there in the summer when Mm -hmm. it was judgment day tag teams closing every show. But, uh, from beginning of the year to end top to bottom raw was the most enjoyable wrestling show.
0: Indeed. I gave NXT my second place vote. As you guys know, I just think it's completely underrated for what we get on a weekly basis. I'll also note that SmackDown had won this award three straight years. So This is the first time any show other than Raw won what used to be called brand of the year, but is now TV show of the year. Well-deserved. The other thing I'll note, we just played that theme. They changed the theme at the end of 2023 into 2024. The new one is so bad that we used to criticize this one, but I actually appreciate it now a lot more having it heard in in a moment like this. It's not that terrible. The new one
1: is way worse. It's been like 10 years since they had a good roster, if we're being honest.
0: I don't know why they can't figure it out. It is so immensely frustrating. Let's move on to our next award. This is another new award, Promotion of the Year. Once we decided to change Brand of the Year, we decided to split it up, do TV show, and promotion. Our finalists for Promotion of the Year are New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, CMLL, and AEW. The meaty for promotion of the year goes to WWE. It was another unanimous vote for the World Wrestling Entertainment Organization, and really it's no surprise. This is the biggest year that WWE has had in decades, not just when it comes to setting box office records, doing exceptionally well in television ratings when you consider the state of the industry, viewership for their premium live events, ticket sales, really just everything WWE is on absolute fire right now. And if there was ever an organization to deserve a promotion of the year award, it is WWE in the year 2023. Chris, uh, AEW was unanimous second place. What are your thoughts on WWE winning?
1: Look, WWE is as over as a company as it has been since the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. I was like was literally just thinking about this a couple hours ago, but like everybody in this company is over, man. It's like wild. The, re- the reason Raw is is no longer a chore at 3 hours, the reason every single pay-per-view is pretty solid is because the uh, the the attention to detail that they give every character, every story you don't get nonsensical rematches that just happened. Like, it really has been a remarkable year and a half with Triple H in charge. You go back to looking at episodes of Raw or pay-per-views from a couple years ago, and you don't remember any of it. Like, what was this story? What was going on? Nothing made sense. And the reason the WWE is in such a strong position now is because Triple H took over as the head of creative and just knew how to get things right. And without a doubt, clearly, WWE is on the upswing in all sorts of ways. Yes, the business is up from Nick Khan, you know, their TV deal is going up and all these kinds of things, but it starts with just having good television shows that starts with the creative, the booking. And that's why WWE is where it is. Interesting that you say that because we can just
0: go right to our next award, which is Booker of the Year. And the three finalists for this award are Paul Levesque of WWE, Shawn Michaels of NXT and Tony Khan of AEW. So the meaty for Booker of the Year goes to.
2: I am the game, JR. There is nobody that eats, sleeps, or breathes this business more than me. Really hard to argue,
0: Paul Levesque, Triple H, the Booker of the Year, for literally all of the reasons, Chris, that you just stated. WWE is doing all of this record business. Everyone is over. High quality matches, high quality television shows. Uh, Attendance, record-breaking. I mean, you you pick your category, um, but really when it comes to Booker of the Year, we're talking about storylines and talent. And there's almost no question that in totality, WWE had the best storylines, the best overall television shows, and the most talent that is over, both as baby faces and heels in 2023. I mean, there was a point where when we were talking about Survivor Series war games, like months before that show was going to happen, we were wondering, okay, it's probably gonna be either Judgment Day or the bloodline, or maybe a mixture of them. But how are they gonna decide what babyfaces to put in that match? Because you have Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and at the time Drew McIntyre, uh Jay Uso turned babyface. And like you could LA Knight, you could keep going down the list. And these aren't just baby faces that are. Over throughout the card, these are main event level baby faces, and again, yeah. that's that's just the men. Then you talk about all of the women who are over, some of the tag teams that are getting built up, the mid card, the Intercontinental Championship being more prestigious than it has been in decades, probably as far as I'm concerned, and all of that starts with Paul Levesque. Outside of one hiccup, one night, which we're not going to mention right now. Outside of that, <laughs> this year. What belonged to Triple H, as simple as that, it really started in 2022 in August after Vince McMahon retired. He got a few months under his belt and we're like, okay, things are better, but you really saw the difference when he got his fingers into the creative product in 2023. As far as I'm concerned, it's the best year of WWE creative we've gotten since the Attitude Era. And I'll also point out all of that happened despite Cody Rhodes not finishing his story in the main event of WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, to, to your point, like just pull up the du- list of WWE personnel Wikipedia page, which I think is the most edited Wikipedia page of <laughs> all time. And if you just go through the roster, like the amount of people you could see main eventing a show right now is just so incredibly long. Yeah. CM Punk, Chad Gable, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Jey Uso, uh, Ricochet, Seth Rollins. I'm just like scrolling through all these names, men and women across the board. Everything is working. And that's why, like, you know, when WWE did have cuts, um, it's unfortunate. But I said at the time, like, there's no room for a lot of these people now, even if we think they're really good. Like, who are you going to take off TV? Because everybody who's on TV is over. And that starts with the booking being done by Triple H. I'll note that Shawn Michaels for NXT was
0: a unanimous second place vote getter, which really just goes to show how AEW has struggled in 2023, just because it's, there's so much more, I don't wanna say money behind it, because obviously NXT is backed by WWE, but AEW is its own organization and has a lot of huge stars as well. But for Shawn Michaels to be a unanimous second, where Tony Khan has, he got second place last year, just as an example, Tony did. uh, And it was actually decently close, I believe between him and Paul in 2022. But Shawn deserves credit for taking an NXT product that, let's remember NXT was fire under Triple H. Black and gold, old school era, back what they used to have. They moved to TV, they got away from what they used to be. Then they totally changed the product. Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard, they made it NXT 2.0, and it was absolutely at its lowest point. But Shawn Michaels took all of those little puzzle pieces and he figured out a way to put them together. And then once Vince left and, and Triple H came in and gave him even more flexibility and autonomy with that brand. He has put this together into not just a watchable show, but an immensely enjoyable show for a developmental product. And yes, there are situations and times where main roster talent comes down, but for the most part, it's they're left to their own devices. And NXT is doing fantastic. So I wanna make sure to give Shawn Michaels his flowers here. And that's not to crap on Tony Khan or anything. AEW has undoubtedly had its moments This year, you will hear when we get to some of our later awards, some of the storylines and gimmicks and some of the things that they've created are indeed nominated and potentially might be winners. Uh, But Sean with NXT, what he's done this year, he just really deserves his flowers. And I'm happy to be the one to give him them in this situation. Let's go ahead and move to our next award here on the meaties headline of the year. This also debuted last year. The three major headlines that came in as the finalists were AEW selling 73,000 or more tickets for all in at Wembley Stadium. Vince McMahon returning from his retirement to WWE to seek a sale, only to eventually merge WWE with UFC to create TKO. And CM Punk returning to AEW, being fired by AEW, and signing with WWE, all before the end of 2023. Those are your finalists. The meaty for Headline of the Year goes to.
3: I know that some of you have been upset with me. I said, I know you've been upset with me over this past year with some of the decisions I've made and some of my antics and things of that nature. I understand that.
0: It is Vince McMahon returning to WWE, then seeking a sale of WWE, and then ultimately merging WWE with UFC into TKO. Chris, you and I both voted this first place. And for me, this isn't headline of the year. This is headline of the century in professional wrestling. Vince McMahon owned this company for 40 years. He was synonymous with professional wrestling In the United States, and really globally, if we're being honest, and you know Japan, it's huge over there, but everyone knows Vince McMahon, if you are any type of wrestling fan, and everyone knows him as the owner, chairman, whatever you want to call him, of WWE, for him to have retired in 2022, and only to return at the start of 2023, gave us butterflies, concerns in our stomach. Then what happened in April around WrestleMania, seeking and eventually announcing the sale, There is no bigger headline in sports and the reverberations of the WWE deal are still being felt into 2024 and most likely beyond. The fans, they voted for CM Punk and everything that happened with him, and I understand it. For a general fan, what happens on television and some of the fun stuff behind the scenes is a bigger deal than who may own a company, but you and I, Chris, were in complete agreement on Vince McMahon, his return, the WWE sale, the merger with UFC, being the headline of 2023.
1: Yeah, look, I would have voted the AEW Wembley show because that is was historic in its own right. Huge. But the WWE merger is maybe the one of the biggest stories in the history of wrestling. <laughs> so, it, yeah. so it won. And then my number two was the CM Punk situation, which, again, was also up there among the most craziest stories in wrestling history. I they let- just happened to have... Those let's, two things happen the same year. AEW basically sells out Wembley stadium. But let's yeah, discuss it,
0: CM Punk. Let me interrupt you quickly. Let's discuss CM Punk yeah, just yeah, for yeah. a bit. If he yeah. had only done one of those things, only returned, only been fired or only signed by WWE, I would have voted this third under all in. Cause all in like we, we really have to give AEW and Tony Khan their flowers here. Selling 70,000 plus seats, as many as 80,000 at Wembley, Stadium, running it, having the guts to do it, and actually successfully selling it. And by the way, putting on a great show that would win headline of the year most years. But it took two crazy situations one being WWE and merging with UFC and Vince McMahon returning, and the other being the insanity surrounding CM Punk to push that off the page. And what's crazy is the kickstart of the second half of the CM Punk
1: story happened at All In. That Yeah, exactly. That's true, too. It, it does kind of tie together, I guess, all in that. To way. a degree. It, it It is undoubtedly WWE getting sold, merged, whatever is the proper language out of that. I know we haven't. Se- I know if you're watching on TV, you probably haven't had any notice, but um, Vince McMahon does not control this company anymore. And for the first a Vince McMahon does not control this company, basically, almost for the first time ever. Right. And that's a big deal.
0: Right. A Vince McMahon. Right. Let alone a McMahon. You know, there's no McMahon. I mean, he's still there. He's chairman of the board for TKO, but he is not in the day-to-day and it's immensely noticeable. And by the way, the 2022 headline of the year was Vince McMahon's retirement and Paul Levesque taking over creative. So it completely makes sense where this storyline, which really is a two-year storyline. I say storyline like it's kayfabe. The headline, uh, this two-year story would again win this award. It's really not a question. We have another new award. It is... Entrance of the Year, which in 2023 absolutely deserved its own flowers. We have four finalists for this award, all of them coming from WWE. There were other nominees, but the finalists from WWE. Dominic Mysterio doing the Perp Walk at WrestleMania 39. CM Punk's shocking return at Survivor Series. Bad Bunny's entrance at Backlash. And Sami Zayn's return to Montreal at Elimination Chamber, right ahead of fighting Roman Reigns for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And the meaty for Entrance of the Year goes to. Bye-bye. famous Bad Bunny's Got Toys. It is indeed Bad Bunny at WWE Backlash. Everything from his song to the camera shots utilizing the drone, the pyro, Samantha Irvin's announcement, Corey Graves there with the exclamation point at the end. You and I have talked about this all year, Chris. Every once in a while, we'll say, hey, how many times have you watched back that Bad Bunny entrance of Backlash. And I think you and I are probably at like 20 times plus each. That's how freaking good it is. Now, some of these other finalists, like Sami Zayn at Elim- Elimination Chamber, from an emotional standpoint, incredible. Because it's not just the entrance and him coming down to the ring, but the pre-match moment where they, the fans in Montreal, will not stop cheering and chanting. The bell rings, everything that happened before that match actually got underway. It's an incredible moment with Sammy Dominic. The hilarity of him getting purple walked. Honestly, even if you combine Dominic with Ray's entrance, he took the low rider, he was out with Snoop Dogg. I mean, that was incredible as well, right? These were just top, top, top tier entrances. And the craziness about all of it is Elimination Chamber that was February, WrestleMania was April. And I want to say Backlash was April also, but maybe it was the first week of May. They were all in a three month span. These three, the three finalists, the three highest vote getters, absolutely insane. But the Bad Bunny backlash entrance is one of the most memorable in a long time, and it's well deserving of the Meaty for entrance of the year.
1: Yeah, this was one of those where I—it was so hard to pick one. Like they're oh, in, in any other year, like any of those three. Could that have won
0: Sammy game. entrance wins most years, and the Dominic yeah, and one it, wins a lot of yeah. years
1: too. Yeah. Exactly, it was an incredible year of entrances, especially in the WWE part. We didn't even didn't. I don't think it was a finalist, but it was up there. Was uh Brian Danielson's final countdown? It was uh, a, a nominee. It was. Yeah. That was a really good one as well. But there were just so many good entrances this year. It had to. It had to be Bad Bunny, though. That's the one I've gone and rewatched the most. It was fresh, surprising, new. With Sammy, he had done the World's End entrance the day before on SmackDown, if I recall correctly, and so. Bad Bunny didn't quite get that same thing two days in a row. His entrance was a surprise out of the blue at the time. Uh, And again, cannot speak enough of how crazy it is that Bad Bunny, who is probably the most popular musical artist in the world, is (laughs) wrestling hardcore WWE matches because he just loves to do it. My only takeaway of of this entrance, and it's not Samantha Irvin's fault, it was a great introduction. But when she says the most streamed artist in the world, I hate that phrasing. Just say the number one musical artist in the world, you know? Yeah. I <laughs> don't like know, but maybe
0: said... it's, maybe it needs to be, you know, uh, categorized that way because of like Spotify and all that. Like I'm assuming there was a
1: reason that she said, said it that way. Right. But it's like when they say something sets social media ablaze, just say it set the world ablaze, make <laughs> it sound bigger. Just say Bad Bad Bunny <laughs> is the most famous, uh, most popular musical artist in the world. Just say he's, just go with that. It's a nitpick. They Sometimes they just downplay how big of a deal it is. Some of these things are happening, but that entrance was amazing. Every single part of it was great, like you said, and just hearing it back right there made me want to go pull it up again. You
0: mentioned the Brian Danielson final countdown entrance was incredible. Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 17 had a great entrance as well. Again, these were nominees, but they didn't receive votes or they didn't receive, I should say, top three, four votes. Therefore, they did not fit. Uh, into our finalists, but both of those were fantastic outside of WWE. Let's go ahead and move to the 0.0 award for worst of the year. Our finalists are QTV and Powerhouse Hobbs joining together. The Raw after WrestleMania, AEW's Devil Storyline, and Three or more referees holding a broken ladder so powerhouse Hobbs could win a match. Real unfortunate that Hobbs is a two-time nominee uh, finalist here. And the meaty for the...
2: Zero point zero.
0: Award. Worst of the year goes to...
2: Wait, wait a second! What the hell?! Lesnar just F5 Rhodes! Roman Reigns has no idea what's going on! Another no! thunderous F5! But why? Why is Lesnar doing this to Cody Rhodes? I I honestly have no idea what this no! is about! Brock Lesnar obviously knows what he's doing. Brock knows why he's doing it. But Lesnar's the only one. Lesnar's on the warpath, but what the hell is the meaning of this? He's got a steel chair again. Cody, the damage has been done.
0: Those are all great questions, Corey Graves. We still don't know why Brock Lesnar attacked Cody Rhodes, and we still don't know why. The Raw after WrestleMania was the 0.0 award winner for worst of the year. I shouldn't say we don't fully know why it won this award. We do have an idea, and that's because according to reports and some information that we found out as well, Vince McMahon came back and after his return to WWE and staying out of creative and saying he was just there to, to negotiate the sale and the merger and all that type of stuff got his hands fully in the Raw after WrestleMania. And the biggest reason that this was a failure, which it didn't start that way, if you remember, Chris, the first hour, hour and a half was like, okay, it wasn't terrible. We were kind of going along with what they were doing. The second 90 minutes completely fell apart. But the reason why this specifically won this award is because WrestleMania 39 was the premium live event of the year. It was arguably WWE's peak as high as it had been, like you said earlier, since the Attitude Era. And everyone is coming off that insane two night WrestleMania 39 saying, holy crap, I wonder what the hell is gonna happen on a Raw after WrestleMania in Los Angeles. And not only did it not deliver to that end, it was actively bad and in many cases terrible. You can make an argument that, hey, look, it was only one show. There were a lot of interesting things that happened on it. Whatever you want to say. But the reason why this is the 0.0 award winner is because it took us from as high as we had been to almost as low as we could be. With creative changing, the rumors of Vince McMahon coming back and getting involved in creative, it created this storm of shit where you just came out of, That Monday night, after 24 hours earlier, being as thrilled as you possibly could be with WWE, with the exception of Cody not winning the title, of course, and saying, oh, my God, they're going to kill all of this goodwill. That is why Raw after
1: WrestleMania deserves 0.0, Mr. Blutarsky. Yep, got my vote as well. Clear number one. It, it's not like it's not always just the worst thing. It's the worst thing relative to what's going on. And you you coupled Cody's stunning loss with a terrible follow-up, Vince being back, and you just it, it was a total disaster. Look, the Raw after WrestleMania is no longer the party it used to be. Right. You know, it, it's not it's not as full of the smart fans who take over the shows anymore. So it's not it's not gonna be like an amazing show, but this was just it it all all the goodwill that had been built up over six, seven months. It felt like it was all about to crash. And Cody Brock never really got into a high gear. It was kind of a mess. could Still make the case that if Cody had won the night before, the show would have been and looked differently. But that's what we got. And it was a it was the lowest moment of the year for WWE for sure.
0: Yeah, because that show started with Cody and Brock teaming up and you're like, oh my God, they're giving us Cody and Brock on the same team against Roman Reigns. Reigns is going to fight a TV match on Raw the night after WrestleMania main eventing. Like you you started off and you're like, okay, this is kind of weird, but it's also kind of cool and I'm down for it. And then it just completely fell off with the attack. And again, the reason why that clip was so long is the number of times Corey Graves said, What is happening and why is this happening? We were asking that question in the moment. We were asking that question one month later, two months later, three months later. And really now we still don't even know. So that's why, like on top of the show not being good and Vince McMahon being back, and like you said, WWE seemingly, we thought that they took all that goodwill that had been
1: created and just flushed uh, it down the toilet. WrestleMania 39 was just our show of the year. Right. And this is the next night. Incredible high. This is the very next day. It's unbelievable.
0: That's why. Because, like, if, if you put it in context, I'm sure there were worse, from an entertainment standpoint, episodes of television this year. But it was, like you said, taking the goodwill and flushing it down the toilet. We we're just like, I can't believe they did this to us. Uh, we, we could spend forever talking about this. It's going to go down in history, this Raw after WrestleMania. My second place vote went to the Devil Storyline for AEW. I just think it was a total mess. Yours went to QTV and Powerhouse Hobbs, understandably. It was really Hobbs being with QTV and really the existence of QTV at all. And the listeners' second place vote went to the ladder match spot with Powerhouse Hobbs just because it was so ridiculous. And it was a production error beyond yeah, the fact I, of it being- I
1: See, I didn't, I didn't hate that. Like, I didn't consider that a 0.0. 0. The ladder broke. It's a big dude. You want to be- sick. Get a, a new ladder. And lo- it, I, but that's so weird. Like, Get imagine a new if, ladder. If, if Ed, but imagine like if Edge with the flaming table, if he had, had to like go grab another table set, like it's just, you don't have time. I was fine with it. I didn't think it was that bad.
0: Well, it didn't win. And it was, they are the only people who voted for it, the listeners, but it was a deserving nominee, at least as far as I was concerned. This worst of the year has been real tough. In recent years, last year, the debut of the Mogul Affiliates won, just to kind of put everyone's head at where this was a year ago. Let's move on to our next award. This is the first year that this is actually an official award. We've kind of just given it out as a bonus award in years past, which is ridiculous. It should have been an official award the entire time. It is. <laughs> big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> That's what I want. Yes. The big meaty moment of the year. Your finalists for this award. Miro against Powerhouse Hobbs. Brock Lesnar against Omas, and Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus in a triple threat at WrestleMania 39. And I will clarify, this is not necessarily a match award. Could have been individual moments. There were some that were nominated, but those were the three finalists for big meaty moment of the year. And the meaty goes to, Gunther, McIntyre, and Sheamus at WrestleMania 39. This was first place votes received here from the Silver King and the listeners, all of you getting overheads. Vintage did not even put this on his ballot, which is an absolute stunner as far as I am concerned, but you could make an argument this is one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, and there's no doubt what we got here.
3: He don't want no water. He don't want no
0: bread. He All he wants is meat. I mean, they needed to reinforce the ring post for this one. (laughs) Reinforce the ring post. The beef's going to be flying tonight, gentlemen. There, folks was a lot of beef out there. There's a lot of beef out here. And for me, there was no question that this was the big meaty moment of the year. I will say Miro Powerhouse Hobbs, the meat chance in AEW, that was fantastic. It was my second place vote. But Chris, why don't you go ahead and explain to everyone what your big meaty moment of the year was?
1: Yeah, it, it's not that it wasn't a great moment. I, I have it up for match of the year later on in this in this uh, episode. To me, it just didn't feel like a as meaty of a moment as everything else that was on the ballot. And my number one was Lesnar versus Omas, which I went back and watched. And it really is kind of just crazy seeing the size difference. And, and that match was a heck of a lot more fun than I think any of us thought it was going to be. I think just the size of that, Brock getting up Omas. For an F five, to me was big meaty moment of the year. My number two was Raquel Rodriguez and Nia Jax. Uh, again, extremely meaty. And number three was Ivar and Bronson Reed. Uh, I just when I when I did my ballot for this war, I just I thought about the meat. I couldn't stop thinking about the meat in which had the most <laughs> beef flying around out there. And I just think if Gunther, Sheamus, Drew are fantastic wrestlers, they're just not as meaty as everybody else on the ballot.
0: I may need to clip some of those. I can't stop thinking about the meat. Uh Gunther and Seamus won this honorary award in 2022 because we did forget to include it in our balloting. Since you mentioned your third place to vote, uh, the listeners agreed. They voted Ivar and Bronson Reed. The listeners and I both had Miro and Hobbs in second place. And I had Lash Legend Body Slamming Otis, which just happened at the end of 2023 yeah, on NXT. Great. I'm okay if people missed it, but that was such a Great moment. At the end, though, there is one conclusion that we can reach.
3: I need some meat. (laughs) Yeah,
0: We do, especially on this podcast. Folks, it is now time to move to the 2023 moment of the year. Our four finalists, MJF and Adam Cole hugging after all in. Sami Zayn turning on Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beating the Usos for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania 39, and CM Punk returning to WWE at Survivor Series War Games. Your meaty for Moment of the Year goes to Sami Zayn turning on Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, your unanimous winner of the meaty for moment of the year. And Chris, you could really tell just by the pop from that crowd, which is the loudest singular pop of the entire year that this was the top moment. There were so many big developments in the bloodline story just across 2023. You had the Sami Zayn chair shot here, You had, of course, Sammy and Ko beating the Usos at WrestleMania, which of course was a finalist here. You had Jay Uso super kicking Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, I believe, super kicking Roman Reigns, Sammy and Ko hugging on that SmackDown. There are just you could just keep going with all these individual moments, but for me, for you, and clearly for the listeners, none of them was bigger than this moment at Royal Rumble, which led to the huge moment, the match at Elimination Chamber, which of course led to the big match, the tag team match at WrestleMania 39.
1: Yeah, look, wrestling is about moments more than anything else, more than matches, feuds, what have you. And that's why we all agreed that this was the biggest moment. This was the biggest moment of the entire Bloodline storyline, I think, which we could say, which Mm -hmm. we have said is maybe the greatest story in pro wrestling history. It is. Because of its longevity and everything. But this was the moment it... Turned this was the moment we all said this is cinema and we started making those jokes and they nailed this part because Cody hit, I'm sorry, Sammy hits Roman with the chair. Jay's, you see Jay visibly upset. Roman's down on the canvas with the shocked look on his face. The camera's down, looking up, perfect camera angle. And then Jimmy with the super kick and they beat the crap out of him and Kevin Owens leave them both there. In the ring, as Roman turns and looks back, just absolute perfection, every single part of this. And this is when everything ratcheted up another notch for Cody, for uh, Sammy, for Kevin Owens, for the bloodline, for everybody. This sent us on the road to WrestleMania. And it's like, this is the Royal Rumble. You know, like it wasn't somebody winning the Rumble that was the biggest moment of the show. It wasn't the title match. It was this at the end of the show. This is why you ended the show Mm -hmm. with this. Uh, it it was perfect.
0: Yeah, everyone said, how do you not have Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble as the main event of the show? This is why. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a moment like this, it has to be the last thing to close out the show. One of the most memorable moments as far as I'm concerned in WWE history and so momentous that this award moment of the year had been dominated by returns the three years prior. Cody Rhodes returning to WWE in 2022, CM Punk returning to wrestling, with AEW in 2021 and Edge returning to WWE in 2020. CM Punk's return to WWE this year, which again, like first time in a decade, huge, ridiculous moment at War Games. That came a unanimous second, which goes to show how much it took to overcome that as moments of the year. And yet, Sammy Roman, The Bloodline, they achieved it. Like I said, another unanimous award winner. Let's go ahead and move to the Mega Powers Explode Award. This is storyline angle of the year. Our three finalists. The bloodline implodes. Judgment Day takes over Raw. MJF and Adam Cole become best friends, at the time we thought, forever. And the meaty for Mega Powers Explode storyline angle of the year goes to...
3: I made a bit Smackdown. I made a bit pay-per-views. I made a bit of WrestleMania. You know why? They know us now. I'm the right hand man made of it, Jey Uso. And it's all because of him. So guess what? You out! And I'm out too. Oh my god!
2: He's by by Paul Cusos!
0: Another great call by Michael Cole, but the storyline angle of the year, the Mega Powers Explode Award does indeed go to the bloodline imploding. And this is really a catch-all, right? Because it starts with Sammy turning on Roman in the moment of the year at the Royal Rumble. includes Jimmy turning on Roman. and includes Jay turning on Roman. And this took us up until pretty much SummerSlam. So, you know, nine months, two thirds of the year was spent on Bloodline Imploding. Now you can say whatever you want about the last few months, the Bloodline cooling off and Roman Reigns not being there. And we've said plenty about it on this podcast, but this was a unanimous award winner for a reason. It is the greatest storyline in professional wrestling history. I will continue saying that. And this was, you know, the biggest chapter I would say of that storyline. Now there's still one that's being written and who knows how many to come, but for 2023, the Bloodline Imploding again, unanimous. The Mega Powers Explode Award for Storyline Angle of the
1: Year. Yeah, it's really just kind of a follow up on all the stuff we said about Sammy, but this has been the best story in wrestling for a number of years. It's natural that the implosion, uh, the first half of this year, really took off. You know, it, it was as hot as anything had been in a very long time. And yeah, Jimmy's departure was great, Sammy's departure was great. I'm sorry Jay's departure was great and Sammy's mm-hmm. departure was great and up uh, uh, basically up and up to summertime even the build for Jay versus Roman was fantastic uh and then that match was not great right the build was, was great bad. but the match wasn't right yeah and then it's kind of the second half of the year not a ton going on really with it um so but it, it, it was really good uh I had the BFF's number 2 really good stuff
0: Again, you, not only fun. not only did you we all did it was actually unanimous yeah. number 2 Adam Cole and MJF uh, that sto- that storyline was fantastic. Now you may not have liked what's happened since again, very similar to bloodline, but them eventually teaming and, and, and having the rivalry and becoming best friends and then having that match it all in. That was fantastic.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of awards here that normally AEW would have won with something they did if WWE didn't have something that was spectacular. Right, and the blood and the bloodline implosion is an example of that again, which we have called the greatest story in wrestling history. It probably to need to read we probably need to rename the award then, I guess, if it's if it's better than Mega Powers,
0: the bloodline implodes award. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know, but like Mega Powers is the standard though, so usually you give it credit no matter what comes after it. Just a note, you know, the bloodline story won in 2022. Reigns becoming tribal chief won in 2020, but Hangman Page winning the AEW championship won in 2021. So to your point, AEW has indeed won this award before, uh, but there's really nothing touching the bloodline right now. However, 2024 is wide open, right? It's the coldest it's been, the bloodline story. Let's see where it goes. Maybe something will surprise us. We'll check back a year from now. Let's move to the feud of the year. Your finalists are Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus, Sami Zayn versus The Bloodline, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, and Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland. The meaty for Feud of the Year goes to... Sami Zayn and The Bloodline, and certainly uh, we don't need to explain it any further, Chris, because we just spent... Two whole awards on it, but it wasn't just Sammy and Roman. It was Sammy and the Usos, then Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos. And then after they won the tag team championships, Sammy continued feuding with them because they wanted them back. So it didn't just take place in that road to WrestleMania period. It did transpire into the early summer as well.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want it to look like these three awards kind of blended together. Moment, storyline, and feud. They are separate things. They are. Yeah. Everything that comes behind them shows that it's just this one story had these big moments, these big feuds. Because I voted it number one, but my number two was Trish and Becky, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Uh, for a number of months there, and elevated both of them. It was really great. That that's an example of a feud over something else. And then my number three was uh, Orange Cassidy and, and John Moxley. So. Uh, Sammy and bloodline win it, but there were some other good stuff as well. It was hard to pick one out of the rest. This was Mm -hmm. just such clear number one. So myself and
0: the listeners both had Roman and Cody number two, just mostly probably because of those promos that we got
1: on that road to WrestleMania. I I just didn't, I just didn't think it was long enough. It was very short because the Sammy's, it basically was a month. Because the Sammy stuff took, took precedent. Mm. For it was, the but they were
0: doing rains and roads throughout because he had won the Royal Rumble, so they were mm-hmm. doing their stuff. You just have to remember, Cody supported Sammy, so they kind of did it together yeah. for a short period yeah. of time. I had Hangman Page and Swerve third. I thought it was the best AEW feud of the year. Uh, like you said, you had Orange Cassidy and Jon Moxley with AEW, and the listeners had uh Becky and Trish third place, which is totally legit. It just that really dragged on for a long time. There were a lot of down moments. You even pointed out, there were many of the promo exchanges you didn't love. I'm actually surprised that you voted at second. I thought I liked it more than you did. And I hadn't voted in my top three,
1: but it, it ended was very, very good. well.
0: Yeah, it ended very well. Oh, it ended exceptionally well. There's no question about that. 14 awards down, nine remaining. But allow me to tell you about my other favorite number, because here on the Getting Over Wrestling podcast.
2: It's all about defiance. So please, folks. Stop being marks for yourselves and... Go back to being a mark for me. Go back
0: to being marks for the Silver King and Vintage. You're loving this show. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us some five-star ratings on Apple. Take a little extra time. Leave a five-star written review. If you do, we will read it live right here on the show. Also, don't forget. I happen to love the number five. And I hope you do as well, because for $5 a month or 50 for the entire year, you can become an official Getting Overhead just visit buymeacoffee.com slash gettingover. You will get exclusive audio, news posts as well, and much more. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash gettingover. Please continue supporting the Getting Over Wrestling podcast. As noted, we have nine awards remaining. Let's go ahead and get to the next one. It is a new award that we are debuting for the first time. This one is called Gimmick of the year. Your five finalists are your scumbag, MJF, timeless, Tony Storm, anime villain, Shinsuke Nakamura, Yeet, Jey Uso, and what I like to call paternal asshole, Christian Cage. The meaty for gimmick of the year goes to
2: But here's the thing, Jungle Boy. I never wanted to be your father. I never wanted to be your father figure. You have a father. But your father's dead. Here's the thing, Pillman. Just like Jungle Boy, you had a father. Stop him. But your father was a legend in this business. Legend are other people's words, not mine. In my opinion, Brian Pillman, your father was average at best. And I'm quite sure he wouldn't mind me speaking on his behalf, saying he'd he'd be appalled knowing his final contribution to this business was you.
0: There are so many clips that we could have pulled, but paternal asshole Christian Cage is your gimmick of the year. This is a real interesting situation where he actually did not receive any first place votes, but He was the only nominee who received votes from Yours Truly, Vintage, and The Listeners. My first place vote went to Shinsuke Nakamura. Obviously, you guys know I'm absolutely infatuated with his gimmick. Chris voted for Your Scumbag, MJF, and The Listeners voted for the babyface turn, Yeet J. Uso. But I had Kate Christian, and The Listeners both had him in second place, and Chris had him in third place. For me, it's just a fantastic gimmick. Like, I get annoyed a little bit as it goes on like about the repetitiveness and like trying to force it into certain situations, but there's no question he's getting immense heat. We mentioned he was up for Smack Talker of the year. If we had an award, which we don't for heel of the year, maybe in 2024 we can consider adding babyface and heel of the year, he would have been up for that. And really just the way he has grown into this gimmick, I think it's the best work of his entire career. Christian has never been someone that interested me as a wrestler or a performer. Now I'm actually, when he pops up on
1: screen, I'm very curious what he's going to say. Yep, exactly. He, 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 and he had been a heel before, you know, he had been a heel going into 2022 and all that, but it was really in 23 when the father figure stuff came up and he was hitting jungle boy with that. Let's, let's not forget the entire Nick Wayne storyline. Well, that's the point. Yeah. Mom is with him now. Like it was truly wild. And in a business where, uh, especially in a company like AW, where being a cool heel kind of gets you cheered, like MJF was kind of at that point, Christian's still getting booed like crazy. He's still doing classic pro wrestling heel fundamentals, and it's working. Uh, I didn't get my first place. I went for scumbag MJF because I thought his babyface turn um, has been real solid. I didn't think it was going to work. Uh, but it did. He sold me on it. It got, it was unfortunate because of the injuries and various things toward the end of the year that kind of derailed it. But that was my number one. Timeless Tony Storm was also really good. Want to give a shout out to her. We used her music uh, on the intro here. Just something that came out of nowhere and really just picked up a lot of steam. So shout out to her as well.
0: Yeah. I got to tell you the timeless gimmick. I know people love it. It just does not work for me at all. I don't care. I don't like it. It doesn't entertain me maybe just me, different strokes for different folks, as they say. The listeners, you know, they voted for Jay Uso and the yeet, you know, the baby face turn gimmick. I get it. He's immensely over. And if you're the listening audience and you're the fans watching TV, how could you not love what he did starting with turning on Roman and moving over to Raw and everything that he's doing? I get it. For me, though, as I said, my first place vote was Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura is an incredible wrestler. He has been saddled with Mostly crap uh, since moving to the main roster. Not that he hasn't been booked into things that are important, not that he hasn't been featured in main events, but somehow Paul Levesque has taken a Nakamura that we loved in NXT and come up with a gimmick and a presentation of him that is even better than what he was doing in NXT. It's the best Shinsuke that we've had since he was in New Japan. So for me, it was a no-brainer for him in first place, but Christian, second place, it just made sense and he's very deserving of gimmick of The Year. Our next award is Comeback Wrestler of the Year. And we only have three finalists because all three parties engaged and voting selected the same three folks. They are Cody Rhodes, Trish Stratus, and Brian Danielson. The meaty for Comeback Wrestler of the Year goes to Indeed. Cody Rhodes is the 2023 comeback wrestler of the year. And Chris, this is a rare instance where there is an award winner on the show driven by the listeners. This was a first place vote from them. I had Brian Danielson as my comeback wrestler of the year. You had Trish Stratus. I think both you and I uh, made all the sense in the world uh, with our picks. No question about it, but we both had Cody as our second place vote getter. It's not hard to understand when his Mm -hmm. return to WWE in 2022 got cut short with the pectoral injury, which kept him out literally for the end of 2022. And he returned at the Royal Rumble in 2023, won main event at WrestleMania. And ever since, even though he didn't take the title, has been the hottest babyface act in WWE. I don't know how else you define best comeback wrestler than basically that now. I do know because I voted for someone different and you do because you voted for someone different as well. But point is, Cody is completely deserving of this award, even if you and I did not vote for him in the first place.
1: Yeah, initially I didn't even think of him as a comeback wrestler because you kind of do forget he missed the entire second half of 2022 because 2023 starts and he's there, wins the Rumble and he's at WrestleMania and off we go. So like, it's not like we missed him in 2023 really. So yeah, if you want to talk about someone who came back and, and compare the heights that they reached. Absolutely. For sure. Clear Cody. I went with Tristratus because she basically hadn't wrestled much in a long, long time. She comes in, does. I think the best wrestling of her career. Absolutely. The stuff with Becky, the promos were not great. I, I, I criticize those a lot, but I still think the story worked. the wrestling was great. And when she left, I was like, man, I don't want Tristratus to leave. She's like, she's like one of the, Best go one of the one of the upper echelon women in in a roster full of really good women like just she stood out in a way I never expected after years of being away and doing all sorts of other stuff. Um, Trish was great. That's why she got my vote. But Cody is obviously deserving. He was my number two. She absolutely deserves her flowers. I mean, her being able to come back and like you said,
0: not just wrestle and get the job done, but literally have some of the best matches of her career in this run, especially with Becky Lynch, which was the match of her career. Just exceptional, and she deserves all the praise that we're giving her here. I voted for Brian Danielson in first place for two reasons. Number one, he came back from three different serious injuries right. in one year. And in between all of those serious injuries, put on some of the best matches of the entire year. So when you talk about comeback wrestler, You're talking about a guy fighting through adversity, check, and a guy putting on incredible matches, check. Not saying Cody didn't. He was my second place vote getter. He was your second place vote getter as well. But for me, Brian Danielson, you know, was the comeback guy in 2023, and obviously there were other significant nominees, uh, but for me, it was Brian. for you, it was Trish, but for the listeners, and second place for both of us. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Edge won this award the first two years in 2020 and 2021 because he got injured after that first return. And Damage Control were our comeback wrestlers of the year for 2022. Our next award is Breakout Wrestler of the Year. And let me give you a little bit of a tease. I thought, Chris, this was by far the hardest award to choose this year. Our three finalists, L.A. Knight, Swerve Strickland, and Dominic Mysterio. The meaty for breakout wrestler of the year goes to Night, the breakout
1: wrestler of the year, your first place vote getter, Chris. Talk to him. Look, man, you think about where this guy started the year. He was the kind of just guy who was thrown into the Bray Wyatt Mountain Dew match, and he had just kind of switched over from being Max Dupree, and you didn't really know what to think of him. And he owns that Undertaker Bray Wyatt moment by doing almost all of the talking. He goes from there and just can organically gets himself over. There's the crowd in D.C. that goes crazy for him. You're building up to money in the bank, and people are like, I want to see L.A. Knight versus Logan Paul. I don't want to see Ricochet versus Logan Paul. To Toward the end of the year, getting a world championship singles match, main eventing a pay-per-view with Roman Reigns. I think when you talk about the beginning of the year when this company had no plans for him, no real thoughts, they just switched his gimmick back to main eventing show after show, main eventing a pay-per-view championship title shot, number one merch seller. Uh, This was a tough one because there were a lot of good candidates, but LA Knight, I think it was the definition of breakout.
0: When I had tweeted the nominees for this award, people replied to that tweet. Oh, obviously it's Dominic. Like, Of course, Dominic is winning this award. It's, It's his year. And I don't blame people for thinking that. And just to go over it, the listeners also voted LA Knight first place. They voted Dominic third, Swerve second. And you really can't make an argument about Dominic not being a breakout star when he's been involved, not just in the ring, but in matches and segments with so many major names. So he actually finished third. The second place vote getter was Swerve Strickland, who I voted In first, you guys know I'm a fan of Swerve, of course, like it's been going on for a long time, but when I think about breakout, it just, there's something that sticks in me about youth, where it's someone who hasn't been on a stage or had an opportunity to this level before. And for me, Swerve, where he started the year and finished, he started the year as another guy, kind of in AEW, maybe the victim, right? Of the 0.0 award with worst uh, of the year for the mogul embassy or or, uh, mogul affiliates, Mm -hmm. I should say, the way it debuted. And he ended the year as someone who I can totally see as AEW champion, just like, in theory, with you, LA Knight, we could now see as WWE champion. So it was a massive breakout year for Swerve, but LA Knight, it is so tough to argue giving him this award, like you said, the way he started the year, the way he ended it, how hot he was like swerve
1: is popular la night is more popular than swerve. la night has people who i know who only casually watch wrestling or don't watch wrestling reach out and be like oh i saw this la night thing or who is that right. la night guy my my dad uh who we convinced to go to Summerslam with us loves la night we <laughs> cheered for him at Summerslam. my brother got him an la night shirt for christmas a couple weeks ago uh he loves him like yeah. like it, it it really broke through in a way i had dominic second I mean, you can't argue. He had an incredible year. He main evented Raw, SmackDown, and NXT in the same year. Same he's week. The, yeah. Same week. I'm sorry. He's the most over heel in terms of gets the loudest boos in all of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. If not for LA Knight having a meteoric rise, it would have been Dominic. I had Orange Cassidy third because to me, he finally made the step from gimmick to wrestler broke out in a way that I took him seriously. But as I thought about him more like over the last couple of days and even here during the show, I should have had swerve number three. That There's a good case for him for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And this award has actually been dominated by women. Three straight female winners. The last two, Rhea Ripley in 2022, Bianca Belair in 2021. So the men came back and dominated this one, which is cool. I do think it's possible that Dominic Mysterio can be back as a nominee for 2024, depending what he does. Same with Soar of Strickland. It's one thing to be hot. Yeah. It's another thing to achieve. So those two could potentially repeat in this spot where someone like Ripley or Air or LA Knight, they're not going to get another opportunity at this award. So maybe it was better for Knight to get it here, but nevertheless, a deserving breakout wrestler of the year, LA Knight. Yeah. Let's move to our worst match of the year. We have four finalists here Baron Corbin against Gable Steveson, Adam Cole against Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match, Ronda Rousey against Shayna Baszler in an MMA rules match, and EC3 versus Tyus in an NWA bull rope match. Your winner, I suppose, of the meaty for worst match of the year is.
2: Shayna is the one who stabbed Ronda in the back. Shayna is why we are here. Oh Oh, my God, that man done it. Ronda may be down. Ronda driven out of the ring by a wicked kick by Baszler.
0: Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler in an MMA rules match. Again, Chris, another first place
1: vote getter from you. Talk to him. Yeah, man, I was at SummerSlam again where this took place and it just completely killed the crowd Uh we're we couldn't believe it was going on. There was nothing to react to. Like, there's a reason pro wrestling does what it does and why MMA does what it does. They're just they're different types of fighting aside from being fake and real. there, there, there's. Supposed to be emotion and in motion and reactions and stuff like that. You, don't, you didn't get that. It was a shame because I thought this was a great buildup mm-hmm. between these two. I was looking forward to this match. Shayna was as hot as she'd been in a while coming into this. And then they go with this MMA rules match, which had zero flow, it was a mess. Couldn't even tell what the finishing sequence was. And then it turned out, I think Shayna got a big old black eye from it or ronda one of them did and you, like we didn't even know because you couldn't tell what was going on so that was unfortunate that they took some real uh took some real hits for that so that is worst match of the year in what should have been a crowning moment for Shayna Baszler. they should have just done a regular match
0: yeah and it could have been a rebound for ronda who had really struggled in this latest return to wwe but it wasn't the listeners completely agreed with you they voted first place for worst match of the year I'm going to make the assumption that Chris, you, and most of our listeners did not see this EC3 versus Tyrus bull rope match in NWA. I'm unlucky that I did eventually see it because I heard it was so bad. This was the worst match of the year period. I don't care. Like Our award, our meaty goes to Ronda Rousey and Shane Baszler. That's fine. My personal meaty goes to EC3 and Tyrus. This thing was an abject piece of shit. So... You know, go see that match if you want to just be disgusted with yourself. I don't want to now. It was absolutely horrible. In terms of second place finishers, myself and the listeners both voted for Adam Cole and Chris Jericho in the unsanctioned match. And I think it's the same reason why the listeners and you voted for Rousey and Baszler for worst match. It's just because it should not have been as bad as it was. And it was on an important show. And it did not deliver at all. And and that was that reasoning. Uh, I had Corbin and Stevenson third. You had the casino tag team battle royal Third, you had Corbin and Steveson second. So just a lot of shit matches. But I will say this was one of the harder awards for me to determine. Unlike last year, Chris, where the Men's Royal Rumble won the 2022 oh, yeah. worst match of the year. And that one was super easy. Let's switch up the flow a little bit and give a meaty to the 2023 match of the year. Our five finalists for this award. Gunther, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus at WrestleMania 39. Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 17. The Usos against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania 39. MJF versus Brian Danielson at AEW Revolution the Iron Man match and Roman Reigns against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 39. The Meaty for 2023, match of the year goes to...
2: James trying to cross some out of the cover. Drapes his arm over the chest of... I've ever witnessed. That, that was that was a fight, all out brawl, punk brawl, whatever you want to call it. Those are three of the toughest sons of guns walking God's green earth.
0: What you heard at the end there, by the way, was Michael Cole and Corey Graves clapping, giving a standing ovation to Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus.
2: <laughs> Big, meaty man slapping meat. <laughs> That's what
0: I want. That's what I want to see. That was. Our match of the year, similar, Chris, to what we just discussed a moment ago with gimmick of the year, this did not receive first place votes from any of us, myself, yourself, or the listeners are getting overheads, but it did finish with the most voting points. Before we talk about the other match of the year, finalists and and ultimately who we voted for, this was incredible. I mean, it's one of those matches where when it concluded, You took a seat back after you could catch your breath and just said, wow, I can't believe we saw something that great. And here's the truth, okay? On the Getting Over Wrestling podcast.
3: I need some meat. And we
0: love (laughs) when they reinforce the ring post.
2: (laughs) Reinforce the ring post. The beat's going to be flying tonight, gentlemen.
0: Because Gunther, formerly Walter, has now won not one, not two, not three. But four straight Match of the Year awards. The first two coming against Ilya, Dragunov, and then last year, the match against Sheamus at Clash in the Castle. And again, he's winning this year despite not receiving first place votes. But again, also with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, let's give credit, back-to-back Match of the Year awards for Sheamus. This thing was an absolute total, without question, banger. And deserves its flowers. Yeah, this,
1: man, this was a tough category. Mm-hmm. Like th- there were a lot that were really close. You could make the case for any of them. Again, I didn't I didn't vote at first, but I have zero qualms with it getting number one. 5 Five-star match. Agreed. Both guys, absolutely, or all three guys, I'm sorry, absolutely balled out, deserving that applause at the end. I didn't even realize four straight for Gunther. That's incredible. It's really just highlights just how good he is. Uh, very, very well deserved. No doubt about it. I
0: had it as my second place match of the year, as did the listeners. Let's go ahead and go through our first place votes for match of the year. I'll start with mine. It was Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 17, like three days into 2023. Simply put, it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. Like Gunther McIntyre, Sheamus, five-star match, five-star plus match. This was off the charts. Omega and Osprey, I-, I talked about the trilogy, or I guess not trilogy, four match series uh, between Omega and Kazuchika Okada as just being otherworldly. Uh, but what we got from Osprey and Omega, not just here, by the way, at Forbidden Door as well, we got the rematch between them. Both matches incredible, but the Wrestle Kingdom match a standout as far as I was concerned. Chris, talk to him on MJF Brian Danielson at AEW Revolution. That was your match of the year.
1: Yep, that was my uh, top one. Maybe the greatest Iron Man match ever. Uh, It's a it's a stipulation I don't love, but this match made me love it. And the whole storyline coming in was can MJF hold up with Brian Danielson, you know, who's maybe the greatest wrestler of all time. And we know now at the end of the year that MJF is a very good wrestler. But going into this, this was early in the year. He had to go out there and prove it. And he absolutely more than did. I, it went to overtime as well. Mm-hmm. And, and this is when MJF won the championship. This was his crowning moment and absolutely well-deserved. Uh, that was my best match of the year. And the
0: listeners voted for the Usos against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which I just get, right? Because the match was incredible. The storytelling was great. And it gave us such a satisfying conclusion. Whereas, you know, MJF beat Danielson, so the heel won. And Gunther beat McIntyre and Sheamus. KO and Sammy won that match. That's that big baby face, you know, the build up to the final. You got the one, two, three, the crescendo, and then just the apex, the explosion of emotion. So I totally understand why that won their match of the year. But they and I combined with our second place votes to put Gunther, McIntyre, and Sheamus over the top. And just like you said, when we first started discussing this, we may not have voted it first place. I have zero qualms about this being our match of the year for 2023. Four big awards left, and we are not going to waste any time getting to them. Let's start with Faction of the Year. The three finalists, Judgment Day, Blackpool Combat Club, and The Bloodline. The meaty for Faction of the Year goes to
2: Yes you put
0: It is indeed the Judgment Day. And not only were they unanimous winners, but all three factions included in this award were unanimous vote, getters. the Bloodline in second place and Blackpool Combat Club in third. This is somewhat of a surprise to me because I put Judgment Day first on my ballot and I thought I was gonna be an outlier. Bloodline would win and like, I'd have to explain this away. But no, Chris, you agreed. The listeners completely agreed. And I think it makes a lot of sense, right? The Bloodline at the start of the year Easily would have been faction of the year. It was super, super strong. But once a faction implodes, even though it's still a really great storyline, and it won storyline of the year, part of it feud of the year, etc. Moment of the year was Sammy uh, turning on Roman Reigns. When you talk about the entire year, the Judgment Day just got better and better and better. It was serious. It was comedic. They had the Dominic Mysterio stuff. Rhea Ripley dominating the women's division. The Damien Priest winning Money in the Bank storyline, Finn Balor, the jealousy over that, but also Balor challenging Seth Rollins and having that feud, the seven year feud. Then the inclusion of JD McDonough. And then at the very end of the year, the comedic elements with R Truth. So much happened with Judgment Day over the entirety of 2023. It's really difficult to say that the bloodline over the second half, which didn't really do much of anything, or Blackpool Combat Club, which more than anything else, just a group of really great wrestlers having really great matches here and there could compare to judgment day. They win the meaty for faction of the year. And Chris, I'm glad that this was unanimous.
1: Yeah. I mean, bloodline is barely a faction anymore. May not technically be BCC is barely together. Judgment day was almost from just after WrestleMania onward. Mm -hmm. They were running Monday night raw. They were opening every show they were closing every show at the tag team match they had several interesting stories several accomplishments winning tag team titles twice winning money in the bank rhea ripley winning the women's title dominic winning uh a north american title they all had gold at one point you know like it's judgment day is gonna be up there among like the best factions or the most accomplished factions in wwe history like it, it really should be and we we've We've praised them throughout the year of just being a terrific example of a team and that they all elevate each other. They've all been helped by this coming together. There have been times where they've teased dissension and we're like, no, we don't want the dissension. Like they're, they're all doing a really good job. Here right. And They've worked through their problems and stuff like that. So clear, obvious, I think, number one, The Judgment Day, which remember was started by Edge back in the day. and Now we totally forget it. It's really a credit to all of them for how they have made this thing their own.
0: Three awards remaining. We move right to the 2023 Tag Team of the Year. The three finalists, The Usos, FTR, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. The meaty, For 2023 tag team of the year goes to. Even been a question that Michael Cole was broadcaster of the year. All these individual clips just have these incredible calls. But Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, your unanimous tag team of the year, and I think this does make a lot of sense because it's not just them teaming together in the ring and having great matches, which they did, but it was the storyline of them coming back together. They did have a real decent title run after they grabbed the championships, and also the friendship angle. Just all those elements. Coming together, I understand why they were tag team of the year. Uh, Again, like I said, Chris, it was unanimous. I did vote FTR second just purely because of match quality over the entirety of 2023. They were the tag team that had the best matches this year. You and the listeners both had the Usos in second place, which totally makes sense. The Usos did win in 2022. But Chris, KO, Sammy, tag team of the year.
1: Look, if we're being honest, it was a really bad year for tag teams. It was. I, I like picking one of these teams. I, I picked KO and Sammy because I had to pick one. I didn't even really like them as a tag team, but they, but they, but they won a main event of WrestleMania and held the titles for maybe half the year. Or so like, so I had to pick them and I picked the Uso second because they also made of a night of WrestleMania, but like two of those teams aren't, they're, they're not even teams anymore. You know? They're <laughs> broken true. up. That's true. And FTR, FTR is not really on TV right now. So it's just like, there wasn't a ton of other options. I wasn't going to go Damian Priest and Finn Balor. I wasn't going to do Chelsea Green and Piper Niven as mm-hmm. much as I did like them. They're just, there wasn't a, partially because WWE has these unified tag team belts, which were used for kind of various storylines instead of creating a tag team division, really. And AEW's tag team division, which has been so good for so long. Totally fell off. Kind of just fell off. You yeah. know, the Bucks are gone. Uh, the Lucha Brothers are gone. FTR was kind of in and out. So it's just a really down year for tag teams, but a tag team main eventing one night of WrestleMania is one of the is one of the biggest moments in the history of tag team wrestling. So uh they did have that going.
0: Through. Yeah, it was the second time it ever happened and it was the first time the tag team titles were ever in the main event of WrestleMania. So like that's huge. I mean that's monumental. FTR, I just want to reiterate, probably had the best set of tag team matches all year combined Ring of Honor, AEW, the Bullet Club gold match was incredible. That was on free television. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, it was just so inconsistent about them mattering. And like the AEW tag team titles did not really feel like they mattered all year. This is after AEW kind of built the company on, we're going to treat tag team wrestling as important as singles wrestling. And they did for a period of time, but they didn't in 2023. So I did think it was an uphill battle for FTR to climb. But again, they deserved their flowers because they had some Damn good matches in 2023, and that should not at all be overlooked. Chris, our final two awards of the evening are Female Wrestler of the Year and Male Wrestler of the Year. Let's start with Male Wrestler of the Year. Your four finalists are Gunther, MJF, Will Ospreay, and Seth Frickin' Rollins. The meaty. For 2023 Male Wrestler of the Year goes to Indeed, Gunther, the male wrestler of the year, a first place vote getter from our listeners, second place from the Silver King and Vintage, a entirely deserving award winner here. He came close in 2022, though Roman Reigns entered as back-to-back winner of this award, and he was unanimous last year. I believe Gunther was a unanimous second place if memory serves. Chris, we can talk about who we voted for in first place coming out of this, but between the match that he had at WrestleMania, some of the other individual Intercontinental Championship matches, you can talk about everything from Chad Gable to The Miz and everyone in between. Also, setting the record for longest Intercontinental title reign in history, making that championship actually mean something again. He is a more than deserving award winner as Getting Over's Male Wrestler of the Year
1: yeah he did th- this was another award like you could have made the case for everybody mm-hmm. you, you really could have it was tough but but gunther again no qualms about it has several match of the year candidates had our match of the year the record and kind of like everything you just laid out like there he he also by the way the royal rumble he was the last guy eliminated in oh, yeah. the royal rumble, Three point uh which which i think he started did he open the rumble did he go almost to the end. I don't remember, but he had that great finish with Cody at the end, just an incredible year for him in every single way. Um, you know, we, there were a lot of concerns when he came back up and he changed his name from Walter to Gunther and yada, yada, yada. He, we don't even remember Walter anymore. You know, right. like he's just, yeah. he's, Gunther. And, he's that, Gunther, and that's a credit to uh, all the work that he's done.
0: He did start the Royal rumble along with Sheamus, which I remember was such a cool moment when they both mm-hmm. came out. He and I believe it was Rhea Ripley both started at number one or number two respectively and went all the way to the end. Ripley obviously winning and Gunther losing ultimately to Cody Rhodes, uh, I think throwing him out as the last person. But it was an incredible year top to bottom from Gunther. And it just feels like this is an award that he's been close to winning for so long. I mean, Again, the guy's a four-time Meaty award winner for match of the year. So you would think male wrestler of the year would come with that eventually. And it finally did in 2023. In terms of my top vote getter, it was Will Ospreay, and it's just very simple, okay? Yeah, you don't see him that much on television in the United States. I get it. When you consider the best matches of 2023 and who was in the most of them, it was Osprey In New Japan, in AEW, it was Ospreay. It, incredible. Just the resume was ridiculous, He was incredible in 2022 as well, but Roman Reigns, what he did from a character standpoint, from a match quality standpoint, overtook him. Reigns not even a finalist this year. I feel like a lot of us are forgetting what he did over the first uh, four months of the year from January all the way until April and obviously all the way into August. Reigns, someone who 100% could have been considered here, but he was not, I don't even know if he was a nominee for the award, certainly was not a finalist. I went with Osprey. Chris, your choice for uh, Wrestler of the Year was indeed MJF out of AEW.
1: Yeah, look, he officially became the face of the company. He won the title. He became the longest reigning champion of all time in AEW. He beat Brian Danielson to win it. He beat Kenny Omega to keep the streak going. He main evented uh, arguably the largest ticketed wrestling crowd in history Mm -hmm. at all in at wembley stadium and in the second half of the year he carried this company on his back because there were lots of injuries things that happened things that changed and he had to go out there and make it work and he often did and he was hurt uh, in the jay white match has a great match with jay white he's hurt going into the samoa joe match has a great match uh just really established himself as one of the best people doing it in the business today, maybe the best. That's why I had him as my number one pick. No, again, no issues with Gunther. Oh yeah. I really, but I really thought MJF uh, had an incredible year in AEW.
0: And the listeners had Seth Rollins second for wrestler of the year. And I get it, man. Workhorse completely established a brand new world championship in WWE had multiple awesome feuds, great matches, great on the mic. Like as an all around performer, If we had that award, maybe Seth Rollins wins, like Workhorse or All-Around Performer of the Year. I would understand it, so legit from them. And you and I both voted him third place. So again, makes complete sense for Seth Rollins to get his flowers here as well. That brings us to our final award of the evening. It is the 2023 Getting Over Female Wrestler of the Year. Our three finalists, Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, and EO Sky. The meaty for female wrestler of the year goes to. It is Becky Lynch as female wrestler of the year in the closest vote in the history of the Getting Over Awards, a.k.a. The meaties. So Becky Lynch triumphs over Rhea Ripley, Sky, a distant third. And man, this one was incredibly, incredibly tough. I think this is what it came down to, Chris. Rhea had won the Royal Rumble and she won the title at WrestleMania over Charlotte Flair in what may well have been the women's match of the year if you wanted to segment it out Mm -hmm. in that way. And then what? Like That's kind of the deal. She's been atop the raw card all year. She's been featured on pretty much every episode of TV on Monday nights. She's had some notable matches over the remainder of 2023, but she really has not had a storyline to sink her teeth into. And they really didn't even give her that much competition to actually challenge for the championship. Becky Lynch, meanwhile, didn't have any of that success at the beginning of the year. She didn't win the Royal Rumble. She didn't main event WrestleMania, or I'm sorry, have a major featured match at WrestleMania because Rhea technically didn't either. We thought Rhea might with Charlotte. Ultimately, the men's tag team championship did instead. But here's what Becky did in 2023. She won the women's tag team championships With Lita. She carried, by the way, the entirety of that storyline and feud. Then she carried the entire storyline and feud with Trish Stratus, including giving Trish the best match of her entire career. She helped establish Zoe Stark as a legitimate contender. She won the NXT Championship and completed the Grand Slam and had a great run with that title. And as part of doing that, in addition to when she lost that title through the end of the year, All Becky Lynch has done is helped elevate women's wrestling in WWE. She elevated multiple talents in NXT, including Tiffany Stratton and Lyra Valkyria, and she elevated multiple talents on the main roster, specifically on Raw. So like Rhea Ripley, she was our breakout star of 2022, but just because you're a breakout star, just because you're super popular, doesn't necessarily mean you're the female wrestler of the year. You did vote for her for that award, and I respect that, no question. But for me, my first place vote getter, and I think the rightful, deserving female wrestler of the year was indeed, Chris, Becky Lynch.
1: Yeah, Becky had a heck of a heck of a year, an interesting year. Like you said, she didn't really get like the accolades that we're used to her getting and that we think she's going to get in 2023, uh, 2024. I'm sorry. That's kind of also why I went with Rhea, because Mm -hmm. she she did win the Royal Rumble start to finish. She won the women's championship and one of the one of the best, maybe the best women's match of the year, beating Charlotte. Maybe the
0: best women's match in WWE history. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying you can make that argument.
1: Yeah. And what she did from there, she didn't have an individual good storyline the rest of the way, but she was one of the faces of Monday Night Raw. How many episodes of Raw Mm -hmm. opened with Rhea Ripley on the mic? you know, and and all the Dominic stuff they were doing, all the Judgment Day story. She has established herself as the leader of the Judgment Day in a faction that does not have a leader. Mm -hmm. and That's kind of the whole point. So, yeah, she didn't wrestle as much as we would like. If you're talking about the work, Becky's the winner. I just thought, when I think of 2023 women's wrestling, I think Rhea Ripley, mommy on top, (laughs) is what came to mind and that was ultimately why she got my vote.
0: Yeah, it was immensely tough. I mean, Bianca Belair entered this year as the back-to-back unanimous winner in 2021 and 2022. So the fact that she wasn't even a finalist just kind of shows how much of a backseat she's taken this year. But I don't think that you could possibly go wrong between Becky and Rhea. I do find it interesting. You know, we've been doing this for four years and Becky's never won this award, even though she's been over that period of time, the most popular and arguably best women's wrestler in WWE. Not saying Belair is not great, I'm just saying
1: Bianca's been featured and Becky's kind of well, played she second fiddle. She, she did miss some of that time with- Well, the that's what I was gonna say. And, and injury and stuff like that, so yeah. That's what I was gonna
0: say. So she missed 2020 and 2021 because of pregnancy and injury and all that. Then she finally comes back and she's a heel and it's tough to kind of win an mm-hmm. award like this when you're a heel. And also when Bianca Belair is a massively over face, she finally you know, did the job for her. And then now she's kind of being refreshed as a babyface. I think it's going to be a real interesting game to kind of look back a year from now and see whether Becky and Rhea are the top two vote-getters again and whether one of them wins the award, and if so, who, in 2024. Because very good chance, right? Like Ripley could start on a major run starting in January all the way through WrestleMania. Very possible Becky Lynch wins the title at WrestleMania. And then what happens? Where does Rhea go? How does Becky do with the championship, winning it back? I think this is gonna be a real interesting exercise a year from now, Uh, but for right now, Becky Lynch, the female wrestler of the year for 2023, well-deserved, and a great way to wrap up, Chris, the 2023 Getting Over Awards, AKA. The meaties. It has been an absolute blast to bring all of you this edition Of the meaties, I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did creating it for you. And Lord knows there is a ton of work involved in putting together the Getting Over Awards. Before we fully wrap up, I did want to note something here. Uh, Chase Goldstein, one of our listeners, sent in a DM. He said, "In past years, you have leveled your fair share of criticism toward Chris for his failure to take your cues and respond to the Getting Over Awards, aka." The meaties in a timely and satisfactory way. This year, we have experienced a complete turnaround. His delivery has been excellent with good timing and tone of voice. I don't think you criticized him even once. He needs to be acknowledged, maybe a special achievement award. Chase, it's a great idea, Chris. You this year received the special achievement award for meaty sound drop as part of our getting over awards uh, teasing and, of course, the ceremony itself. So, congratulations. Well deserved by you. A huge turnaround from the last three years.
1: Come back uh, commentator of the year on this podcast, I think, between the two of us. So uh, uh, in- enjoy doing it. I'm, act- I'm actually taking some stuff like to like focus better in 2023. I kind of space out sometimes, whether it's interviews or this or whatever. And clearly it made a difference. And I appreciate the comment that people noticed.
0: There you go. Well, you can always send us DMs and tweets for the show, of course, at Getting Overcast on Twitter. That is also where you can find pinned to the top of our timeline, a ballot to vote for Getting Over and give us our own award as part of the 2023 Sports Podcast Awards. Please be sure to visit us on Twitter at Getting Overcast. Click that link and cast your ballot. All you need is an email address. We would greatly appreciate it. On the way out, if you loved this show, and hopefully you did, please remember that here at the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast is all about So head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on Apple. Take a little extra time. Leave a five-star written review. If you do, we will read it live right here on the show. Please also remember, I happen to love the number five. And I hope you do as well for $5 a month or 50 for the entire year. You can become an official Getting Overhead. Just visit buymeacoffee.com slash over Sign up, you get bonus audio, exclusive news posts, and much more, but really your contributions go to supporting the continuation of the Getting Over Wrestling podcast. On behalf of vintage Chris Vanini, this is the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, thanking you for your ear holes as we provided you with the greatest form of performance-enhancing audio we possibly could, the 2023 Getting Over Awards, a.k.a. The But it is officially time for us to sign off and leave you with three final words. Bye for now.